You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama, first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. Uh, I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watch workout in the weight room. At least to pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick it and I ran back to the Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning, Tuscaloosa, West Alabama and beyond. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning, and it is another day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Challenging you to take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone, be the difference you want to see in the world today. Make sure you go out and vote uh, and let your voice be heard don't ever assume that it does not matter speak up speak out vote today so i want to encourage you to do that uh make some time hopefully uh you have done that or will do that today all right remember that we are broadcasting live of course on tide 100.9 on the radio dial we also have the martin houston show fan page on facebook Follow at MartinHouston35 on Twitter, and don't forget to download the Tide 109 app and take us with you wherever you go. This is the Martin Houston Show, the Sound of Bama Sports, your show, your team. We love to get your thoughts, your opinions, and your ideas, and we incorporate them into the conversation. Many times they drive the conversation, and so I want to encourage you to be a part of today's program as we... Joe and I'll give our good, bad, and ugly real quick. We didn't get to do that because we had so many callers uh, and listeners interacting with us on yesterday. Uh, we'll also do players of the game. We'll be bringing in D.C., D.C. Capstone Report, uh, to kick off the second quarter. Uh, and we'll talk about takeaways, Mac Jones, uh, Slade Bolden. All of those topics are up for conversation. So if you want to be a part of it, don't forget the Taco Casa hotline is open for business. 205-342-9904. 205-342-9904. Taco Casa quality taste value on the biggest cactus in town. Doing it the right way each and every day. Drive through, dine in, carry out. Uh, if you're looking for a great option for lunch and or dinner, it's Taco Casa tacocasa.com good morning joe how you doing sir i'm doing great today martin happy to be here happy election day and uh it's, the weather's kind of cool outside loving to see the shift we're experiencing well you know i'm not a cold weather guy so you know it can stay uh you know it, it, it doesn't have to get any colder and you warm back up a little bit if it wants to you know i'm okay with that so but but it, it is good to see seasons change. It means that hopefully we're moving closer to getting out of this COVID world, and uh, every day Christmas. is another day. And hopefully we'll 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 eventually get on the other side of of COVID nineteen uh, as we uh, move closer to the end of uh, twenty twenty. Uh, Alabama Joe took care of their business um, against. Um, Mississippi State, regardless of how good Mississippi State is, that was still probably uh, Alabama's most complete game I've seen in, in a while, um, where both sides of the ball uh, literally came out uh, and, and did their job. And if you have to find anything that was off in that game, it was Mac Jones off of his unbelievable 
uh, pace and accuracy, uh, but still wasn't bad. It was just it, it was off from what the standard he has set, which is almost 80 uh, percent completion rate for the year. And, you know, that 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 that, you know, your first thought when you hear that is you may think, of course, he, he he's 80 percent because he's throwing the ball short and throwing it out in the flat. But he's putting it down the field. Uh, you know, he has more 30 yard touchdown passes in the air than any quarterback in the country. So this is not a guy who's taking a dink and dunks. He's he's actually stretching the field. So with that said, um, what did you have for your good, bad and ugly from from this past weekend? Oh, goodness. It's uh, it's hard to think about the last two. I mean, the, the good is obviously, I think, the defense. Yeah. I think the defense, yeah. putting up a shutout and, and playing good zone defense and tackling well, uh, getting two turnovers, defending the end zone with, with that one in the end zone, and then uh, get, getting a touchdown themselves. I think, obviously, the defense speaks for themselves. But the bad and the ugly, goodness gracious, I get uh, – I, I get I, I, I get a little frustrated because it, Al, the Alabama standard is per, is perfection and and it, that's not quite uh, I don't think that's <laughs> quite attainable. Uh, is, so when you know little things go wrong like Mac Jones going four for eight to get started to get the game started, that doesn't really strike me as a bad or an ugly. Um, it's just the way you know football works. Sometimes it's not as smooth as uh, smooth as as you'd like. I guess I'd go out of the conference and probably or not out of, out of the out of Alabama and probably go to Dan Mullen's actions uh, at halftime. Uh, well, and not even just his actions, but his reactions in the in the press and in, in the post game. Dan Mullen kind of coming out and saying, "Oh, I was out there trying to get our players calmed down, trying to get separated." Well, no, Dan Mullen, you were right there in the middle of it, looking for somebody to swing on and yell at. Uh, I, I feel like Dan Mullen needs a little reality check with his actions. Somebody needs to put the tape on for him and give him a little uh, replay of what he, he he was one of the first people off the bench running out to uh, yell at the Missouri Tigers and really. He probably instigated his team and and firing his team up emotionally, uh, so that would probably be my most good, my my most bad and ugly from the weekend. Well, I would uh, I agree with what you said about uh, the the being off a little bit. That's kind of what I was saying too. There really wasn't a lot of bad or ugly in the Alabama game, um, and I'm going to come back to that Dan Mullins real quick because I agree with you on that. I had for my good, I had Alabama's offense. Uh, I had Alabama's defense, uh, both of those. It's good. I actually put special teams in there as well, Joe. We had a couple of touchbacks uh, in a limited Mississippi State uh, on the return. So, you know, you and I had mentioned that kickoff re- coverage was one of those areas that we could improve in, uh, and we did. Uh, Will Riker kicked the ball deeper, uh, getting a couple of touchbacks, and the guys covered – well uh as well and jace mcclellan one of those guys that nick saban even recognized in his punt coverage as well as uh kickoff coverage responsibility uh thing, things look really really good from that standpoint i had a uh, tra- i actually had trey sanders uh, uh joe as a good i mean I, I i finally saw some of that stuff that you know um, those things. I know it was against, uh, you know, in mop up beauty, but did you see a burst that we hadn't seen from the other running backs when he went around the corner as a big back? Uh, he, he showed a little burst. What do you think about Trey Sanders and, in, in even though it was in mop up beauty? I, I liked what we saw out of Trey Sanders and coach Saban spoke after the game that he kind of took over the Brian Robinson role because of Robinson being dinged up. I think that Trey Sanders just needs to get comfortable with the college game, and that's just kind of part of it. You know, last year you you, you have a season-long injury, uh, and from an athlete, athlete standpoint, it takes some time to get that comfortable with your body and comfortable with the game speed. Uh, I think that we're, we're starting to see uh, the, the positive side of, of Trey Sanders, the side where he thinks he could have won the Heisman as a true freshman. Uh, I, think yeah. I think he's pretty talented, uh, and and he showed some of that talent on Saturday. I, I agree with that. He showed, like I said, he showed a couple times where he got around the edge and not being ugly to Najee. He's just a different style runner. Uh, uh, he was able to, I think, get around the edge a little better than than what I've seen Najee get around uh, this year. But uh, it was good to see Trey Sanders. 
Looked like he's learning to adjust to the speed of the college game. Then also had Will Anderson, uh, who, who to me uh, made some nice plays uh, in terms of uh, especially that one uh, where he hit the guy in the backfield on a, a stunt from defensive end. So then uh, I, I give I give a shout out to the, as we call him now the Hawaiian Prince uh, getting a win. He didn't necessarily play great, but he didn't do anything hurt his team, and he accepted the way the game was going. Uh, so congratulations to Tua on getting his first start, first touchdown, and first win uh, for the Dolphins. Uh, bad LSU, LSU versus Auburn. Ugly Florida-Mizzou, starting with the head coach you just mentioned. Joe, I, I don't see how they don't – if they suspend any player for this game, how do they not suspend the head coach? They already did. He, they suspended. Uh, they suspended I, five players, but Mullen's not getting. Mullen's just that, kind of having to pay what twenty five thousand dollars. That's my point. I'm. I'm saying he he should. He instigated that. He he literally those players literally literally responded off of their coach. Yes. I mean, it was so bad. And then his reaction, as you put, coming out. In a costume. Now, now I want you to think about the last two times we've seen Dan Mullins in post-game uh, press conference. You remember what happened the last time? Uh, I can't say that I do. He, he, you know, Texas A&M beat Florida, right? Yeah, okay, yes, 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 yes. Oh, and he asked and for he the, the fans. He came to be- out and saying, <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to petition. We should be, the stadium should be packed because we lost that game because Texas A&M stadium rules are a little lax. Then the next day, 20-something of his players, you know, are test positive. But he never says anything otherwise. I mean, so to me, the last two times we've seen him in a post-game reaction, it's been like childish and out of line. And what's $25,000 to a guy that makes the type of money he makes? I mean, it's just uh, he was a uh, Jamie McGee said he was a ringleader. He didn't just a couple times, Joe. It's one thing for a coach to run out on the field and yell at the officials. Could you tell he was yelling at the officials? It looked look like he was going after players. It looked like he was going after Missouri, uh, Eli Drinkwitz, and anybody right. wearing, wearing yellow and black that he could. Right. It, that, that's what makes it so bad. This wasn't. Because you see coaches respond, but they usually go after the official when the official misses a call. It looked like he was going after Mizzou, and that's, to me, what instigated everything that happened after that should have all fallen on him. And and like I said, I I, I hate it. I hate to see fights. Uh, I don't know if you got to see Roman Harper's example. I mean, conversation. Um, In some ways, I kind of agree with Roman and disagree with him. He was like, I, I that was bad. They should have suspended the players. They had enough time at halftime to review that. They should have suspended the players in that game um, versus bringing it back to – Some of them served uh, a second-half suspension. Huh? Some of them did serve a second-half suspension. Right, right. That's what I'm – and then he said any of the guys who got suspended for this week. That's what I was saying. I kind of agree with it, but I don't fully – there should be some punishment for it. But um, to me, they they could have reviewed it at halftime and then made those suspensions instead of it carrying over to another game that had nothing to do with it. But that's the consequences of fighting. Uh, and that's unfortunately for those players who who fought, the players who are left to defend. And I have feel no sympathy for the coach who has to coach uh, the team with missing players because he instigated it in this scenario uh and, and magnified it and multiplied it and then made it worse with his reaction so he definitely gets the ugly banner of the week uh down at florida come back on the other side we'll get with dc we'll get his good bad ugly we'll talk to him about players of the game uh any takeaways he had uh as well and then we'll see what other miscellaneous conversation we can get into on the martin houston show and if you want to be a part of the conversation Give us a call, 205-342-9904. Tide 100.9 Traffic. 
From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks. Traffic is light as the sun rises on Election Day 2020. All the polling places will open at 7 a.m., so you can expect some early congestion. If you see conditions, just give us a call. November means extra savings at Townsend Nissan, extra rebates, and top dollar for your trade. Cash in today at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Sunny weather continues today with a nice warm-up. The high for this afternoon around 67. Clear tonight, not as cold as last night, the low at 40. And tomorrow and Thursday, the weather stays dry. Lots of sunshine both days with highs between 71 and 74. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17-plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904. Tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Good morning. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dial, the Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook. Don't forget, go out and vote today. Regardless of who you're going to vote for, make sure your voice is heard. Vote today. Vote and make your voice be heard. Let's get to D.C. D.C. Capstone Report right here on the Martin Houston Show. Good morning, D.C. How you doing, sir? Oh, doing great, Martin. How are you today? All right. Not hearing D. DC, good morning. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Martin. How are you this morning? All right. Doing well. Glad to have you in uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about good, bad, ugly players of the game, reviewing Mississippi State. But before we do that, we got a few uh, callers. Uh, that want to talk with us as well. And uh, Joe has a question for you and I regarding Alabama defense. Joe, if you'll take it first, uh, we'll we'll get to uh, that question. Well, I was just thinking about something I heard after the after the post game. Coach Saban kind of talked about the defensive scheme that they used, uh, talking about how we, you know, he they studied it going back to Washington State and Texas Tech, and kind of were implementing different things that they haven't done before, um, which you would expect facing a new offense. But what got me thinking was how much of the early season defensive struggles were due to uh, Coach Saban maybe tinkering with or toying with or implementing with this uh, new or different defensive style to slow down the air raid? DC, I'll let you go first. Well, I, I don't, I'm not sure that, that uh, you can credit the uh, that to the de- early defensive struggles. I think we had enough problems of our own on defense without that uh, to uh, attribute to what was the problem with the, with the uh, defensive struggles early on. I, I look at it a little different, Joe. I look at it as uh, this was a way to see finally Coach Saban and the other defensive uh, coaches. Uh, basically, my my understanding is that there's been other defensive coaches on the on the team that have been uh, at least lobbying for a change in a defensive scheme, not doing away with everything that Coach Saban has uh, brought to the table, of course, but at least using the personnel that they had in way in different ways. And this was a game to show how that showcase how that could be done. So I, I look at look at it. Maybe there's been a, a, a philosophy shift a little bit in some of the way you play, you cover pass coverages. So uh, you know you could say it may be a little problem early on, or it could have just been uh, not using the personnel that they have in the best possible way uh, in coverages as well. And uh, Joe, I would add to that. You've heard Saban say what the problems were with our defense uh, when it comes to the secondary. Uh, he he's talked about eye discipline and uh, just discipline in general, and both of those have to do with his his scheme. Um, I've been saying this for three years, ever since Tua, uh, uh, before Tua actually. Uh, I've been saying 
man, we have to modify our defense the same way we've modified our offense. Uh, yes, you can play man coverage. And you've heard even some other DBs that have left here make statements about you have to change it some. not You don't have to abandon man coverage. Uh, but with these offensive coaches having such an advantage, Joe, of being able to run guys down the field two and a half to three yards uh, and it still be a pass play, uh, and then you having to chase a guy, uh, which which kind of slows down your pass rush some, and then you having to chase a guy all over the field uh, and then having the ability to – go fast, having the ability to run all of the mesh routes and the crossing routes. And, it's, and mesh routes are just when two guys cross in an area really close. It's a way to get natural pick plays. If, you, if you're man all the time, if you have to do that 50 times a game or 38 times a game or whatever, it increases the likelihood that they're going to get you for several big plays because every play – Five guys have to have eye discipline and they have to make the right choice of whether they pass the guy off, go underneath, go over the top. And they have to do that in all those moving parts. So think about how many potential mistakes can be made. And I just think that these guys, uh, when you saw a, a much less talented Arkansas team was able to do, uh, it showed you that the zone can work and the zone may actually be a better fit against these new offenses uh, with a mixture of, you know, man-to-man coverage. And Saban has been reluctant to to modify more for change on the defense side of the ball. And I think we saw that. So hopefully we'll see more of that moving forward, Joe. And, and Joe, just by my add, and Martin, I hope you could speak to this as well. There was a subtle, very subtle difference in the defensive scheme that I thought was huge. Uh, and it's something that Coach Saban hasn't done in quite a while. And that is, and I think it's going to bode well for us down the road against other passing attack teams. Uh, if you remember, Coach, Coach Saban has the nickel package and he has the dime package. And this this uh, uh, this game, they were in the dime package a lot where they bring in the six defensive backs. But a subtle change was usually what that means is you, you take out one of your middle linebackers. But in this instance, they left in the both middle linebackers and took out a lineman. So they put, they rushed with two linemen and two defensive ends. So you still rushed four, but you had two pass rushers on the end, uh, stunning with the two linemen that were making the push up the middle. And you left two linebackers in the middle to cover the drag routes out of the backfield with the with the tight ends and the uh, uh, running backs. Great defensive velocity. Whoever came up with that really just changed a little bit, but for the personnel that we've got, it enhanced our defense and the dime package much greater. Uh, you can speak to that, Martin. I think I, I think yeah. probably you know you noticed that as much as I did. What a what a great change that made with the with those with the tackling as well as the coverage. Well and it also uh it put Mathis on the center who who had to me his best game of his his career put Barmore out more on the on the tackle, which is more of a mismatch. And we we appeared – now, I'm not saying how great Mississippi State offensive line, but we appeared to have gotten a lot more pressure uh, as a result of that. And as you said, it gave us another guy in coverage uh, when when they did try to run some of those underneath, underneath routes. So, uh, like I said, finally some of that, that defensive brain power uh, – that we have because we have a lot of it. We have about four or five defensive coordinators on our staff, and it seems like they had a great plan. Uh, the question now is can we uh, morph that and repeat it in, into some, some of these uh, upcoming games? Let's get to Pat. Pat, you've been patient. You're in with DCDC Capstone Report. What's on your mind? Hey, I got a question for both of you guys. Are we going to be able by within the next two weeks – be able to get Ronald Williams back at about 90 and 95% because Jimmy's and Joe's and we're going to hate and we're going to forget about Jimmy's and Joe's. We need a Ronald that a, a six foot three D back that can move. Oh, his legs ain't hurt. His arm was hurt. My question is, are we going to be able to get him back at about 95%? What are you guys hearing about that? 
DC? Well, I think uh, what I've been hearing is that uh, if you remember, uh, he's on a great timeline to come back and play. If you remember the Kenyon Drake injury where he broke his arm and he was back in several weeks with a soft cast or a cast that they made during the engineering department was able to play. Uh, it was similar to that. He, he had a, making a good recovery. And I think he'll be available uh, at least uh, to the 85, 90% range uh, later in the year. And, and I'm not sure he's not already there, Joe. For, I mean, um, Pat, from a physical standpoint, uh, when Saban spoke about it, he said that um, when a guy has an injury, his specific words were when a guy has an injury, it, Mental. it, it, it takes the guy a while to figure out what he can do with that injury. And so what I think it is more than, as you said, um, the, the arm is healed. Um, his feet and his legs are fine. Uh, the question is, you know, with a DB, what do you have to do? You have to stick your hand in there to break up passes. You have to, you know, come up and wrap up on tackles. So I think it's more of him feeling comfortable uh, to play than it is uh, a, a physical thing at this point. But, of course, you know, a, a, a huge percentage of the game is mental when it comes to playing football. So he's not 100% in terms of what he brings to the table, but I, it, it's not a physical thing. I think it's just him working my camp. The question becomes, you know, to me, Job has played well. Uh, where does he play? Who does he who – do, who do, who, whose reps does he get uh, when he gets back, uh, what little bit he was in on Saturday, he looked like he could be a difference maker. Well, Martin, what and, it, the biggest thing is is that uh, LSU has a uh, Demarcus Russell 2.0 uh, that is uh, developing there, and yeah. we're going to need more D-backs than what we got. Hey, uh, <laughs> it's a... Uh, that's what I'm talking about. And the further we get into the schedule, uh, Auburn's playing a whole lot better. Oh, that we're going to need more to be able to change D-backs in because there will be more passing and all. That's what I think. Uh, what do y'all yeah. agree or not? I, I think we'll need him. I, I mean, I think he's going to get back into the rotation. I think uh, this off week, Saban mentioned that as a get healthy. Uh, it's not just him. It's, it's several guys. I think um, uh, Curtis Moore, the second, said he can take Daniel Wright's spot. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, he, 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 he'll, he'll definitely be a guy, I think, that works himself into uh, some playing time. And who knows, he may even work himself into a starting role. We'll, we'll watch that as – because he was starting – when he got hurt. So uh, we'll see where he gets back into. All Thanks, right. Pat. Okay. Hey, DC, please. keep doing what y'all are doing. Have a blessed day, fellas. And uh, hey, everybody get out and vote. All right. Bye. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's bring in Ellis. Uh, Ellis, you're in with the Martin Houston Show and DC Capstone Report. What's on your mind? I think Ellis uh, left us for, uh, on the phone. I think he, he uh, must have okay. dropped for us, Martin. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh, uh, Joe, you had a comment in regards to uh, Daniel Wright. Curtis Moore said Daniel Wright has bright spots every now and then, but inconsistent at times. What's your thoughts on Daniel Wright? I saw you had a comment. I there. just, I just think that uh, he gets a, a a lot of undue hate, uh, and, and yes, he has missed tackles, and and, and the, down the sideline on Texas A and M, it stands out to people because it gave up a, a long touchdown that shouldn't have happened. Uh, but I think he sticks his nose in there, and he, he I think he fills a run well. I think he's an aggressive player. Uh, he makes plays in the ball. Uh, I, I like Daniel Wright. I think that he's a player that just needs more playing time and more uh, more time, more experience on the field to find that consistency. I know the fans want him to be 100% tackling. We all want him to be 100% tackling, but more time <laughs> on the field, uh, I think that he'll find that consistency and, and play better and better as the season keeps wearing on. DC, you have any thoughts on Daniel Wright? Well, I think he's uh, taking a lot of heat because he's been on the in the limelight, as Joe says, on some deep balls and made some uh, poor tackling uh, issues and, and angles. But uh, you know, I think he's a good player. I think he sticks his head in there. I think early on, if you remember, he's one of the hardest hitters we had. That's the reason yes. he was in so much is because he stuck his head in there. He reminds me a little bit of Ronnie Harrison. I think Ronnie Harrison gave us some big plays, but in the end, his big plays that he made outweighed the, 
the bad plays. Right now, Daniel Wright's bad plays are outweighing the good plays. I think it, as it goes along, he has the ten, he has the he has the capabilities of of turning it around and becoming a really good player at safety for Alabama. All right, we'll come back on the other side. That's DC. That's Joe. We thank Pat Ellis. Call back if you want to get back in on the conversation. We're talking about Alabama, Mississippi State, good, bad, ugly players of the game, and a whole lot more right here on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no wrecks and traffic not too bad. Just some congestion on McFarland at US 43 and 69 at Union Chapel. Everything else looks good on Election Day 2020. The polls open at 7 a.m. November means extra savings at towns of Nissan, extra rebates, and top dollar for your trade. Cash in today at towns of Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn, which we can customize to meet your needs. Or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You're back in with the Martin Houston Show. And remember, great folks over at Alabama One Insurance. Alabama One Insurance, your one source for all your insurance needs. Visit alabamaoneinsurance.com and get a quote online. Or if you're old school and still like to deal with the agent directly, give us a call at 205-342-0112 or stop by our location on 15th Street Veteran Memorial Parkway next to Home Depot. Uh, We are open. Our lobbies are open and we are taking in-person appointments. So stop by Alabama One Insurance, alabamaoneinsurance.com, your one source for all your insurance needs. And while you're there, check out Alabama One with all its great loan uh, products and services. All right, let's get back to D.C., D.C. Capstone Report. Uh, D.C., um, real quick on the good, bad, and ugly, uh, probably I don't know if you you like Joe and I. We didn't have a whole lot of bad and ugly from this game, but uh, what you got for us? Well, I think on this game, uh, if you're talking about strictly Alabama-Mississippi State game, I'd go with the good. It's Alabama defense. Uh, in my podcast that went up yesterday, I talked uh, greatly about the Alabama defense because I had been so critical of them early on. So I think the defense did a great job. I think the coaches uh, making the decision to make some changes that were subtle to the to the players' execution and all across the board. They did a great job. The ta- ta- passion, the tackling, uh, everything. 
The bad, I, I would say, in this particular game for Alabama had to be penalties again. I think there were some uh, mental penalties. Uh, players made some uh, mistakes in this game, uh, mental mistakes that, that kind of were glaring that needed to be cleaned up. And then the ugly has to be the air raid offense. Uh, I just think that it's really out of sorts at this point. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, it, it's been hyped up so much that you expect to see so much when you when it happens and when it, it just kind of laid an egg, I think, in this Alabama game. Yeah, I think they've laid an egg. I think four games in a row they scored, I think it was 40-plus points against LSU. They've scored 30 the last four games combined. So um, the air raid has been grounded. Uh, anyway, hey, let's talk about a couple player guys for players of the game. Uh, of course, Nick Saban, it, it tickles me when he says players of the game, and he names 18 different players. Uh, as players of the game, but a lot of that was everybody that pretty much had any meaningful snaps uh, on the defensive side of the ball, D.C., got listed as a defensive uh, player of the game. Uh, but to me, there were a couple guys uh, that we, we I briefly mentioned uh, that, that played well, I, I thought, uh, in terms of, of the defense, and one of them getting freshman SEC Freshman of the Week, Malachi Moore. Uh, how have you seen him grow as this season has gone along? Well, I mean, I, uh, I think Malachi Moore has really matured as a defensive player and, and grown into this system. I think he's mentally there. I think he's physically there, of course. Uh, but uh, I think he made a different step in this game, and I, I think he became a leader. Um, and uh, he was one of my standout players of the game. He's been so a couple of times this year, but uh, I thought he would do a great job in this game, and and I, I go uh, a little bit further and say that his leadership ability helped Brian Branch. I think Brian Branch, you and I talked about them preseason by being neck and neck on who's going to start in in the uh, in the uh, nickel package, and I thought it was great on the, in the dime package. You see Brian Branch is the first one off the bench in the dime package, and so those two working together uh, did a great job, and and so I think they were a big part of the defense being so good against the pass and. I was surprised about their run support, really sticking their head in there and getting uh, three or four tackles on the run support as well. Yeah, in regards to whether it was air raid not working or not, this has been one of the more this one of the more dominant defensive performances. DC they limited Mississippi State to thirty eight yards in the first half, uh, thirty seven total yards for the game in rushing, two hundred yards uh, of uh, uh, offense for the entire game. And a lot of that was garbage uh, uh, pickup. And um, this is the, the the 38 yards is the fewest yards that that, that this, uh, Alabama's defense has given up since 2016 in the first half. So when you look at it, uh, other than the Malachi Moore that we talked about, who else did you see uh, kind of having a, a big game, breakout game, uh, perhaps in this game against Mississippi State? Well, I think Patrick Sertan had a good game. I, I hear people criticizing him all the time, thinking he's a weak link, but I don't see that at all. I, I think in this game, uh, you know, he had coverage skills, but uh, his ball skills in this game was really good. And I think that also, again, uh, I think everybody on the defensive side of the ball, I agree with Coach Saban, it's hard to pick out just one or two players, but everybody on the defensive side of the ball picked up their game a little bit. And I think that gives Patrick Sertan the ability to take some chances and break on the ball, as he did on that pick six. Uh, that he's got people behind him that's gonna that's gonna handle handle that if he, if they get past him. So I don't think he, early on that he had that confidence, uh, or anyone else in the, on the uh, defense had the confidence in the scheme they were playing. Um, because of the scheme they were playing in this game, I think you can uh, take some breaks on the ball. We said not saw not only him do it, but others. Uh, in the game that just missed, uh, I think Brian Branch just missed a uh, interception. Uh, would have been his first of his career. So uh, I think Patrick Sertan did a great job. I think on the line, uh, I think Fendarian Mathis uh, had one of his uh, best games ever. Um, I think Christian Barmore had a good game. And I love I loved what Christopher Allen did on his rushing abilities and couple that with, uh, with the uh, linebacker play as well. I think it was all good. So I, I agree with Coach Saban. The defense is the side of the ball really did a good job in this game. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I know Joe probably wants to come in on the certain thing, so I'll, I'll give him a quick moment. I think people misunderstand sometimes what all corners are not created equal. 
and, and, and let me explain what I mean by that. There's some corners that the only time you throw the ball their way is if you're trying to get a big play. So they either, uh, if they give up those big plays, they look like they're not doing their job. But there's 48 pass plays, and they're targeted three times. The other 45 times, they shut their guy down. You know, But those three plays are the only time you see them. And that's the corner that Sertain is. And, and therefore, when it, when it finally does go his way, uh, then it, it, a lot of times it's for a big play, and, it, and he wins one. I mean, wins two, loses one. We remember the one, not the, the other 47 plays that he won. So, Joe, I know, you, I know that burns you up because, you know, Deion Sanders was the same way. Uh, you can start naming all types of great corners. They would always make you mad at some point in the game, but you didn't realize that they shut the guy down uh, no matter who it was. And most of the time they're on the best receiver to other, you know, 95% of the plays. It's exactly right. You just now, I, I, it drives me crazy because he gets targeted like three or four times and, and he gives up the touchdown pass against Tennessee. Okay. So you give up a deep touchdown pass and how many other passes did he really give up? But all you remember is the touchdown pass because, oh man, Patrick Sertain got burned. No, I, I think, I think he is probably. <laughs> I, not probably. I think he's the best de- defensive back in the SEC and maybe even the country. Uh, and, and people just real just only remember the plays that up. Oh, you got beat against Tennessee. You remember that one touchdown pass? All great defenders in every sport get beat. You know, it, let's not act like the offensive players are not trying either. I think Patrick right. Sertain is is the the best defender, the best defensive back in the SEC and maybe even the country. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, he he will be ranked in the same type of position that Devontae Smith will be ranked in, in his respective position grouping, you know, uh, based on what you like, what you're looking for, who comes out, et cetera. Sertain would definitely be one of the top, you know, five guys when it comes to ranking uh, when when, it, when it's that time. But I, I just – and I, I'm one of those two because, you, you know, like you said, you watch the game and nine, 95% of the time – the reason they don't he you don't see him in the screen, and they even talked about that on Saturday when he picked it off. Uh, they were like, "Well, he they, he finally picked it," and then they said, "Well, that may be the first time they targeted him." <laughs> so, uh, and he picked it off and took it in for for six. So, um, but I, I agree with you, DC, on the Evan Math. I mean, I keep saying Evan Mathis for Darian Mathis. Uh, uh, to me, he just he just played different, and I think. If he can play at nose like that, I also I think that that gives um, Barmore the ability to move out to tackle some. And I think we're a better team when he's he's on the field, and I think he is better at tackle than he is at nose. And the the emergence of Tim Smith, uh, did you see that? And I thought he played well, DC. Yeah, I mean the emergence of Tim Smith. Now you see why Ishmael Sauter wants to uh, transfer. I mean, transfer, the yeah. Tim Smith and Jamil Burroughs, uh, those guys really, really played well in this game and handled what they were what they were asked to do. I mean, and didn't have trouble doing it. So uh, I really, I really think we're we're pretty good uh, at the nose guard position going forward. I, you know, if I was DJ Dale, I would be concerned about Tim Smith myself. Overtaking me uh, because well, he's he's that athletic and, and and he is he is what uh, you know other nose guards in the past have been for Alabama that, that brings the athleticism but also gap responsibilities as well. So I'm I'm pleased with him. I can always tell when there's a guy that Nick Saban is trying to quickly get into the rotation. Uh, watch how he coaches them versus other guys. Did you see him when uh, Smith oh, yeah. got – you talk about that crate, those penalties, when Smith got <clears> the <throat> offsides penalty and Saban was waiting on him on the sideline and drilled him. I was like, yeah, he's trying to get that young man ready for, for some big-time future reps. Uh, let's go ahead and get the break here. Coming back on the other side, we'll flip over to the offensive side of the ball who you have as players of the games, get your thoughts on other games around SEC. Tom, stay tuned. We'll get you on the other side as well. Tide 100.9 traffic. 
From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no wrecks and traffic not too bad. Just some congestion on McFarland at US 43 and 69 at Union Chapel. Everything else looks good on Election Day 2020. The polls open at 7 a.m. November means extra savings at Townsend Nissan, extra rebates, and top dollar for your trade. Cash in today at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good morning. Dawn is breaking on General Election Day 2020. More than 100 million Americans, 200,000 Alabamians have already cast ballots. President Trump, former Vice President Joe Biden, put in numerous last-minute campaign stops last night. Also on the ballot are races in the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House in Alabama, the the State Public Service Commission, and several amendments. In Northport is sworn in Mayor Bobby Herndon, Council Members Christy Bobo, John Hinton, Jamie Dykes, and Jeff Hogg. Woodrow Washington couldn't attend because he's tested positive for COVID-19. I'm Don Hart. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LL. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. The Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. So if you're lonely. You're back in with the Martin Houston Show. We want to remind you that Overflow Express Wash. Overflow Express Wash. Go check them out. They can help you keep your car clean inside and out. That's Overflow Express Wash, $7 basic package, uh, $12 for the uh, ultimate package, and then also $23.99 for the membership unlimited wash packages. That's Overflow Express Wash, overflowexpresswash.com. Let's get back to the phone lines and bring in... Tom, you're in with DC reporting the Martin Houston show. What's on your mind, man? Good morning, Martin. Good morning, DC. How are y'all this morning? Doing, Doing great, Tom. Uh, look, I, I, I we talked about this yesterday a little bit, DC, and I wanted to get your take on it. The uh, the way our defensive backs played uh, Saturday in the scheme of uh, breaking on the ball. Uh, for lack of a better way to put it, instead of the the running with the receiver, you know, and trying to defend the pass like that, I think is a much more effective with the athleticism that we have in the defensive secondary. Let those guys roam a little bit more, and I think you're going to see more turnovers and uh, more effective defense uh, playing the technique we played Saturday as opposed to the Man to man, I know you got to play both at, at, uh, at times, but I would like to see more of us breaking on the ball and uh, ball hawking more from that standpoint. And I wanted to get your take on. I'm gonna hang up and listen, okay? Well, I think you're right on there, Pat. And one of the things that I uh, observation I made earlier, I hope you heard, was about the way we changed the scheme just subtly in that uh, ten man. Uh, that uh, dime package. And I think not only what that does, Pat, you're right on point. It allows you to, to kind of ball hawk, but it also allows you to play the run much better. And we saw a lot of good run support from our uh, from Brian Branch, Malachi Moore, and then Christian Harris and Dylan Moses when they're in there together on those short intermediate runs. A lot of those gashes that we're getting gashed on, uh, a lot of times when we're playing pass in, the, in those packages and running with the receivers, and it leaves a wide open uh, place for the running backs to run to. So I think that that uh, package you're talking about not only helps our pass coverage, but helps our run coverage. So I think we're going to see it down the road. 
And I believe it's something that uh, some of the analysts might have brought to the table uh, early on. That's kind of been brought along, and they, and they use it against this Mississippi State team. Well, it, it smells just like Charlie Strong to me. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do believe he's that type. Uh, if you would, if you'll uh, bear with me just a minute, the brother Oliver type scheme uh, uh, is a lot like he used to play with a great athlete that we had on the defensive secondary. That's why they recruited the best athletes to defense. But anyway, I wanted to bring that up, D.C., and it's really frustrating because how many people have we put at quarterback in a real high draft status with the game they play against us throwing the end of that coverage? Yeah, I agree 100%. I think this is definitely a good thing for Alabama going forward. Right, let, let me tell you why Saban doesn't like it, though, Tom, and 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 we'll 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 we can dig into this conversation even more. It's a bend but don't break more philosophy. Right. You add uh, Colin Hill to that offense, um, and they have more success than what we saw Saturday. Uh, when you play zone, you are you are giving up a lot of times underneath passes. Okay, uh, and. And it requires patience on the offense, and it requires patience on the defense because they're going to have more success and more yardage typically. Um, but you're going to force them to have to complete eight, nine, ten passes to get 45, 50 yards and kick a field goal. Saban, yeah, I don't think yeah, Saban's right. as patient as that Coach, is. Coach and so Bryant, I think that's Coach what Bryant you have to be did, careful did of. the same thing back in his day. We'd have these high-powered offenses come in against Coach Brown's defense, and he he just flat out tell you, you can throw all you want to from the twenty to the twenty, but when you get down there inside the twenty, I got two more defenders, and you're not going anywhere. And they would. <laughs> well, and and that's what you have to be. That's what you have to be conscious of. Uh, is 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 are you willing to watch that? I, I wouldn't. I think it's a good scheme. I think it works perfectly against the air raid, uh, but also think that. The Clemsons and Ohio States of the world have more to bring to the table, and you'll need a combination of both. Uh, thanks, Tom. I, you, I appreciate Mark. you, sir. Thank you. All right. D.C., um, real quick, just give me give me your thoughts real quick on Devontae Smith and what he was able to do Saturday. Uh, he was my play, one of my standout players of the game, Martin. I think he was just fantastic. Uh, all around uh, his game playing was from his uh, route running to his catching abilities to his strength. Uh, blocking, he just, he was just superb, and I, I think he just shows what kind of player he was. A- absolutely, DC. Tell our listeners uh, where they can find you and, uh, uh, and where to follow. Well, the podcast is already up. It's dccapstonereport.com. Also on Facebook, DC Capstone Report page. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at David Five Zero. That's David Fifty. Uh, we, uh, Lance uh, does a great job of putting it together and. He's got FreelancePictures.com and RollTimeBama.com to get the pictures if you like them. All right. That's at DavidCott50 on Twitter and DCCapstoneReport.com. Thanks, DC. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, Martin. Have a great day and roll tide. Don't forget to get out, folks. Don't forget to get out and vote. On tomorrow, we'll have Scotty Holland's Blueprint Ministries presented by Johnson & Marshall Dentistry. And we'll continue the conversation. Mike Jones, is he the leader for the Heisman? Is Bolden a good replacement. Did he do a good job on Saturday? We'll talk about that. Takeaways and more. And we'll look around the SEC and around the country at other games coming up this weekend. I'm Martin Houston. That's Joe Gates. That was DC, DC Capstone Report. Thanks to all the listeners. And remember this, trust in the Lord always. Lean not in your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Roll tide and have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to The Martin Houston Show.